Welcome to Women Leading in Cannabis. I'm your host, Kira Reed. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our guest is Maja Sulemanji Borchek, founder of High Haven, a vertically integrated cannabis business in Michigan and Illinois. Welcome to the show, Maja. Thank you, Kira. It's lovely to be here. Maja's ex- expertise includes five years of cannabis experience working in the Illinois, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Ohio medical markets, spanning various roles, including Director of Marketing and Outreach and Chief Communications Officer. Notably, Maja served as Interim Chief Communications Officer for leading multi-state operator Grassroots Cannabis up until it was acquired by Leaf Holdings in 2020. Prior to joining the cannabis space, Maja worked in healthcare business development for over 15 years and has a master's degree in public health and business administration. Maja's passion to help others is evident in her valiant and persistent efforts in community service. She's been awarded and held officer and board positions for several organizations. Maja aspires to bring awareness, safe accessibility, and compassion to the cannabis industry. It's great to have you on the show, Maja. So let's start at the beginning. What is your cannabis story? How long have you been in the industry? And how did you find yourself pursuing a career in cannabis? Thanks, Kira. Hey, it's been an interesting journey in cannabis. Um, I've had a long-term passion for the plant and have known so many great, you know, just personal stories and anecdotes of the cannabis space that back in 2014, when legal uh, medical cannabis came to Illinois, which is my home state, it was just a really, it was just a really pinnacle time in in Illinois, I think, for us. And as as you know, as a person who's going through navigating the the business world and with you know all of the healthcare background that I brought to the table, this was just something so interesting to me. And because of myself being a consumer of the plant for quite some time, I thought, you know, what a great place for healthcare and for wellness to kind of merge. And we started to have, um, I started to have conversations about the industry and starting to research a little bit more. I'd been a national normal chapter uh, member for quite some time and, and just, you know, started to do my due diligence around the industry and found that, um, it, you know, cannabis was just um, a a huge, huge and growing industry back in 2014. And sure, California had been doing this for a while, but out here in the Midwest states, it was very different and um, and, and very new. And, and so I started to dabble and, and found um, some networking opportunities where I met a couple of really great people who introduced me to Canna talent people and to different people who had won licenses in Illinois and, um, and really ended up having a great opportunity to meet with um, two of the owners of um, a newly established dispensary license 
licensed winner for four medical licenses um, and help them really put their um, their four medical licenses to use in Illinois, helping them with patient acquisitions, helping them build their brand. Um, from there, they only grew to become a, a much larger organization that took on, you know, over 40 some, 60 some dispensary licenses and uh, ended up with um um, a cultivation brand and vertical integration and, and just a huge, huge amount of growth there in a very short amount of time. So just an exciting part of that. And previous to all of that, you know, the the healthcare side of the compliance and the um, compassion and just the interesting, you know, real... Um, I guess, uh, you know, Venn diagram, I guess the area that meets the meets in the middle, that particular area for cannabis and healthcare just was really, really uh, evident and overwhelming for me. So I, I, I decided this is what I was going to do and join a career in cannabis. And here we are today, many years later. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, the stories that all go back to, and then I met, and then someone introduced me. It's one of the things I love so much about this industry. It just, it really is a community. Okay. So tell us about High Haven. What is your mission with the company and how are you going to incorporate inclusion and diversity into the organization? Yeah, absolutely. So inclusion and diversity is a big part of High Haven's vision and what we're looking to accomplish. And you know, what High Haven is, is we're a vertically integrated cannabis company. And, you know, we, we call it vertically integrated. It sounds so, so posh and, you know, whatever that is, but we're really handled the entire supply chain. We, we you know, we grow the plant, we, we control the manufacturing process. And then we also have the retail and the distribution side of things. Um, and, and really what that all looks like we is something in between that kind of ties all of that together is, is something else we do very special is called entertainment. Uh, so we also have an entertainment aspect to our business. We do some really fun and interesting things around, um, you know, getting properties in our area that our um, that are um, close by to our dispensaries that also have this element of whether it's playing arcades or whether it's bowling or whether it's you know a lounge or something of that nature so um, so high Haven really brings together those types of disciplines so it's not just a it's not just vertical in its traditional sense but we also have this entertainment aspect of it which just really makes things very exciting and um, allows for this new era of cannabis to kind of come about as people start to become more uh, destigmatized around cannabis and understand that there is just so many different ways to um, not only consume the product, but to really enjoy the products. Uh, you know, we, we bring um, we bring a lot of uh, a, a lot of diversity in thinking, I think, as well. So, you know, it's just some thought leadership with entertainment and things like that happening in this space. Uh, but what we done from a diversity standpoint specifically is, you know, me myself being a, a woman of color in the industry as the founder and the CEO, it certainly is, um, you know, it, it comes with its its challenges. Um, but we look at the, the lens of our organization to be just as diverse as the actual consumers of cannabis. And, um, and, and that's kind of how we draw. We draw from people who have experience in the cannabis space. We pull people that may not have cannabis experience, but are truly subject matter experts in, in their, in their light. Um, and, um, and we bring different people from different walks of life together so that we can really have a, a true vision of what um, a true vision and a true representation of um, you know what really is it to be a, a cannabis community member or a cannabis consumer or a cannabis advocate or any of those things. So you're the chair of the Social Equity and Advocacy Committee for the Illinois Women in Cannabis. 
And you just mentioned being a woman of color in the industry. So tell us about how being a woman of color has impacted your experience in cannabis and what you're working towards in your position as the chair of social equity, how those two come together. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm um, I'm honored to be the chair of uh, Illinois Women in Cannabis's Social Equity Committee. It's it's really is an honor. The group is great. We've been trying to do a lot of work in Illinois around social equity. And um, IWC has been one of those organizations that's been around for quite some time since since the beginning of Illinois' cannabis um, ventures beginning. And, um, and, you know, some of the big things that we're working on there for that initiative is we're, we're really talking about, you know, what is it, the preferred language? How do we, again, you know, really hit on with what, what kind of language do we use in, in our, um, in our communities around social equity? What is social equity really described to be in Illinois? It's different than potentially in Michigan. And, you know, it's a little bit different in, in other places, but I think what's agreeable amongst all communities is, that um, this is really righting the wrongs of the war on drugs, uh, in particularly on cannabis. And so when we look at it with that particular lens, and we know that we're trying to cure some of the rights that have been done with, you know, with just unbelievably um, uh, inaccurate perceptions of, of, of the, you know, of the, of the drug, but also of the fact that um, there is so many, um, there, there's just been such harsh laws for something that just really doesn't need to be that same way. So I think we, we all come to an agreement that, you know, it's this disproportionately impacted community. Um, and um, and so how do we do, what do we do to really help them? So language is everything. Um, we, we've, you know, been working on documents that just talks about things like how do we talk about versus, you know, the formal market and the informal market or, you know, versus the the black market and just using terminology that makes more sense for our communities and for our people and and really start to think about, you know, self-thought and our self-conduct and, and things like that. And that's just one level of work. But other things we've started to do is here, particularly in Illinois, um, social equity applicants are very specific and they have some certain criteria that they need to meet. And they also have some special benefits that they can reach through their social equity status. Like there's a loan that's available here through the state. And if you're a social equity applicant, you can apply for these, um, you know, for these um, particular loans. And so this, the IWC committee, we, we put together these workshops that help people to understand what do those loans look like and what is a fair way of fair market interest rate for a loan of this nature. Some of these folks who are social equity truly may not have ever, have ever even taken a loan um, and uh, they don't know this process. And, you know, what does a personal financial income statement even look like? Um, so doing workshops like that to help the population really understand, you know, and have the best level of success with the tools that they have been given. Um, and, and so it's really important to me because I, I have the good nature and, and I have the good fortune, I should say, really, of, um, of having an MBA under my belt. I have a business degree. I can understand these concepts relatively well. For But for my other social equity counterparts who know cannabis tremendously well, who understand this industry, want to play ball with it, might not have the same amount of, um, you know, MBA. They might not have an MBA. MBA on their belt. And so they need a little bit extra assistance. So, so IWC does a lot of different things like that specifically. We help with, you know, putting workshops together. There's a couple other groups in Illinois um, that I'm really well involved with. Growmentum Labs is a cannabis um, accelerator, a social equity cannabis accelerator. 
first of its own kind, doing some very similar work like that. We take people through an MBA light program, technical training, allow them to help with, you know, putting their pitch decks together um, and um, and really helping them find seed funding and different things like that. So some really exciting things in this market, um, you know, and, and what we're really looking to do to help support social equity. Applicants have the best success. We know that, you know, most of these states now have some really large uh, multi-state operators that are um, that have claimed a lot of the ground and and are you know are, and are great and, and are doing a bunch of great work, but um, but for these new social social equity uh, applicants and, uh, and and winners and and license holders now, um, there really needs to be a lot of support to get them to um, catch up for the last five six years and and really decades, right? Can you share with us an inspiring story, a, a success story of someone that you've helped? Um, yeah, I certainly can. I have a couple. I can think of, um, there is a woman who works with me side by side often on a regular basis. And, uh, we worked at, at our last organization together as well. And, um, and at our last organization, you know, we, we, she, we, we both had certain roles and, you know, I would focus a little bit more marketing. She had a little bit more of an HR role, certain things like that. And we, we talk a little bit about the fact that, um, after we left that organization, how much more our capacity to do do the work that was really not part of the day to day of an HR or marketing person, but really how much you know if you take off the limitations that you have, um, how how much more you can really do. And even if you you know weren't an attorney and don't know so much about law, if you just you know start to educate yourself and start to spend time around it, you end up learning so much more around it. And um, and I think those are some of the success stories that, you know, truly High Haven has been able to bring to the table. Some of our people, like I said, are subject matter experts. They've done, you know, one thing for a very long time, like our grower, they're really, really good at it. And so we, you know, keep them focused on that piece of it. But if our grower comes to us and says, Maj, I want to have an opportunity to, you know, maybe be the facility manager, because now I feel like I have a, not only an aptitude on, on what we need to grow, obviously we're really well, but I'm starting to become more involved in how we handle the other, you know, key performing indicators of our business and our facility. And I want to be more involved in that side of it. And so giving them an opportunity in turn within our own organization, and then giving them an opportunity to give that, that position and, you know, a, a, a real, um, a, a real, a real opening for them, a, a real good opportunity for them to grow their careers. And so we've done that throughout our organization. We've taken some of our best people and we've given them opportunities to be in chief, you know, operating or, or chief level positions or in director positions. Um, and, and, you know, we, we see that sometimes in the cannabis space, what happened over several years is that um, people went out to go look for, you know, well, let's go hire the hotshot from Pepsi or let's go hire the hotshot from this case, you know, see um, these uh, consumer packaged good companies. And, and I think that's a great strategy to some extent. But we also know that growing organically and having loyalty in, in you know, and all of that within organizations really, really is great. And bringing those subject matter experts to train our own people and to give them the support is really something that's uh, unique and not very much happening in this space often because people are looking to grow so quickly. Uh, so we've really taken a keen eye at that. And how do we really build out our workforce? How do we really develop our people? And um, I think that's something we do super unique and and, we re and it's, it's, it's rewarding. It's rewarding work. Yeah, it's really interesting 
looking at, you know, kind of what the, the corporate professionals bring to the table with their expertise, but you do have to have a balance between people who have really deeply understand the cannabis industry and have been in it for a while because there are still gaps. I've seen so many people come from the corporate world and think they know everything about cannabis and fall flat on their face because they just can't accept how different of an industry it is. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're so right on that. That's exactly what ends up happening. Um, and, and you know, I, I think that, as you mentioned, you know, a, a good sign of somebody, especially when you're switching to a, such a different industry, for me coming from, you know, healthcare, going to ca- cannabis, there was a there was months of time where I would look and be like, is, is this really a conversation that we're having? And, you know, in the cannabis, in the, in the healthcare world, it's no way any of this stuff would fly. <laughs> and just, you know, there's just a, such a, a night and day difference between how more mature industries kind of manage just day-to-day operations, workflows, you know, and then what it looks like in a startup and not just a startup, but a startup in a startup industry. So there isn't, aren't these benchmarks to follow. You can't just think that, you know, oh, what, worked in one industry is going to work in another. And what works for every consumer package good is going to work for the same thing. Sure, there's certainly some principles, but cannabis, as we know, is very different. It's a very different product. There's a very different type of um, connoisseurism that happens with it. There's a very different amount of um, uh, just demographic breakdown that just doesn't follow the lines of other things. It's recession proof. There's just so many other things that it does not follow the regular rules of other, you know, consumer package good products. So, so if that's the case, then you know, we need to really have that innovation. We need to build out the industry enough uh, that we can understand what those true markers are for our space and for the cannabis space. So there's a concept that I am very fascinated by right now that a client of mine enlightened me to, and that is that cannabis forces innovation Mm -hmm. because this industry has so many nuanced requirements that from an ERP system to you know, a a mobile app, everything has to be considered differently. And it's actually moving technology forward very quickly in order to, because you've got to create from basically everything from the ground up specifically to match cannabis. Where are you seeing this innovation happening? And I'm, I'm really curious about it from that healthcare perspective, because there's a lot of innovation that happens in healthcare. Where are you seeing that innovation in cannabis kind of, uh, dovetail with healthcare? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think that that, that's an interesting question. I like that you're thinking about the healthcare aspect of it, but there's just so many other industries too that pull from this. And, you know, I would say you're 100% accurate on the fact that technology is just becoming more and more the side runner for everything cannabis does. You know, it's one of our larger expenses. Uh, It's even as if you want to be able to play, you know, uh, you want to compete in a market that is, um, you know, with all of these larger multi-state operators and these entities that have, you know, tens of 20s and 50s and 60s and 90s, hundreds of of retail locations. How do you really compete with these folks? And it is through some technology base. You know, how can you make informed decisions? What are you able to do live time? And I think that in the healthcare world, you know, that's always been something that's been a struggle. When you think about patients that discharge from hospitals, you think about the fact that their medications are like one of the biggest issues in getting that transitioned over to say if they're going to a nursing home 
or if they're going to a uh, home or if they need to get their medicine at the pharmacy, one of the biggest things that happens is some kind of medication error and transferring those medications upon discharge because there's this level of transition that's taking place, right? Um, and so in vertical companies in cannabis, that's similar. You know, how is the information flowing from your grow over to your cultivation or even interdisciplinary within each department? How do we know the inventory is ready for us to go, um, you know, and products are being moved from now, you know, curing or to like, you know, the vault now and, and just understanding where we're moving all of that it really has to be live time. And so I, I think that, you know, being able to track the products the way that we do obviously is, is wise and the state wants us to do it. And it, it, it really is, is a um, helpful resource for all of us to know where we're capturing it. But because of those types of things, because of the very heavy compliance measures that we have to follow, and then with the amount of um, moving parts for all of these organizations, it ends up being something that we have to have, you know, the technology that can kind of keep up. And so just with, like you said, like even like website development and e-commerce for retail end of things, I mean, even that moves so quickly and, you know, we have to change menu items on a day-to-day basis. What's in stock? Well, the worst things for a customer to experience is, you know, you, you, put something into your cart, you think it's there, you get there and I'm sorry, it's not there anymore. It wasn't, you know, it's just not live time. So I think we've really accomplished a lot of these, these tech companies in the cannabis space just are, are, you know, it's, I mean, it's just a new, a second coming of the, (laughs) <laughs> of the tech industry and it's following the coattails of cannabis, which is super cool, but it really helps companies like ours. You know, I, I call us the second generation of cannabis in the mid- Midwest, especially um, where, you know, these like first round went up and they did things a little bit differently. <clears throat> well, the second round of groups, these social equity folks, a lot of us are. And, um, you know, we've come to the market with the experience that we saw from from the other organizations and, of course, whatever history of you know, background we have. But then we're bringing this into play and seeing what worked well for these organizations on their first rounds, what did not, and really being able to know that technology was not something that these first round of folks were we're really paying attention to. So what we notice now is on their second round, or as they're moving forward, um, uh, they are now trying to, you know, take steps back to say, oh, well, we needed to do this for technology. And those those gaps and those integration gaps become so painfully expensive that you kind of have to start to plan the technology integrations from day one. And so with all of that being said, looking forward to interstate transportation, what are you concerned about based on the technology and where it's at today. Are we ready for this? (laughs) You know, interstate, oh my goodness. You know, are we ready for it as an industry? Probably not. But are we never ready for anything in this industry and still take it on? (laughs) So I have a feeling that, um, you know, we, we've got a, a unique opportunity with Illinois Transporter ourselves here and uh, as a transportation company. And, you know, we think about this often as what would that look like if we could take this internationally or even nationally, right? Or whatever, what would that all look like as cannabis grows up and we become more buttoned up and, you know, as, as the industry and, and, and regulations catch up to where we need to be? <clears throat> 
What does that all look like? And it could be a really, you know, it could be a really fun place to dabble, but definitely I don't think technology is there yet. I think that, you know, this is like more logistic companies will start to come on to this arena really to help. I think you'll see mergers and acquisitions in spaces around transportation companies just to be able to manage that, a lot of understanding what export looks like. So I think we're a long, long ways from it. I, I have to tell you, personally speaking, I'm kind of happy. It's it's a hopefully a little ways away. Um, as, you know, just operators in cannabis, we've got so many fish to fry, so to speak, so many departments to manage. We have so many moving parts. And it's literally like, the, especially the vertical organizations, we have all of these multiple companies that are trying to work together as one system. And, um, and you know, it becomes so challenging to do those things anyhow. And as we kind of work through the, the, um, the, the steps of doing all of that, not being able to have international or national commerce and, you know, doing things state by state makes things a little bit easier for us. I think it'll be, you know, when, when these companies have a couple of years to be able to do this um, and really, you know, finally like iron out all of our creases, um, I think then I think it'd be a much more successful project. I, I hope that, you know, if we when we do go national, I'm, I'm a complete supporter of, you know, federal legalization. It's been long time coming. Um, I just hope that, you know, the experts are, are and subject matter experts are brought to the table around what really is the best way to do this. How do we pilot it? How do we make a fair and equitable space by doing this? Not just having MSOs have, you know, their footprint, but really social equity and the smaller businesses that are involved in cannabis, too, where are their voices and how do we help them out? Okay, so talking about federal legalization, what is it that you are most excited about? when it happens and what are you most concerned about? Yeah, I think on a personal level, I'm super excited about just living in a, you know, in a time in history that has has done something so progressive and just done something that's so on the right side of history. Um, so that is probably the most exciting for me. And like I said, as just a personal, you know, passion for cannabis and, and admiration for this plant, I think that uh, it's just gotten such a so much, you know, poor propaganda given its way. And, and so I think it's going to be really a rewarding time to live through um, in, in our, you know, in, in just history. And I'm sure I'll talk about that as grandma. <laughs> so that that's personally what's the most exciting. I think what's the most frightening is that the lack of um, understanding that any, any, you know, real state um, has to date around how to operate the cannabis. I mean, a lot of them have borrowed from other folks, and, you know, what works well in California, and they're like, okay, great, let's do this in Arizona. And, oh, this worked in Illinois, but oh, don't do this anywhere else because it didn't work there. And, you know, I think just this lack of, um, uh, of really being able to have um, one system. I look at it like, you know, we talked about healthcare a lot here. So I'll, I'll, I'll use it in, a, in, a, in an analogy that makes sense for me. It's like Medicare versus Medicaid. Medicare is like the national program, right? And then Medicaid is the state-by-state -state program. And, and typically, if you think about Medicare, the reimbursed reimbursement for hospitals and for other organizations happens very quickly. And it's like, you know, this national system that's like, oh, things are a little bit more ironed out. And then 
then when they look at the Medicaid system, which is run by the state, it's a little bit less ironed out. And those payments typically and the reimbursement for organizations and businesses in healthcare are very delayed or they're very poor or they're very low at cost and minimum. And so, you know, then it, it jeopardizes the, the care for people. They're like, well, you know, because it's a Medicaid patient versus a Medicare patient, my reimbursement just is so different. And then maybe people have a right to refuse care to people like that. They shouldn't, but you know, this is just the world that you live in and, um, and, and things like that happen. So that would be my fear is that, you know, if we didn't know how to really have a well-integrated system, there could be these detrimental people, especially patients, right? We talk about rec is a great opportunity. Everyone's excited about rec, but what happens to the patients? Are they left behind? You know, what kind of opportunity do they get? Do they just get a little tiny shelf to shop in? Are there, you know, are their taxes being protected still? So I think that there's so much more that should be ironed out before we pull on for full legality and these conversations need to continue to happen. Wow. Great answer. Thank you. All right. So what are you most looking forward to for High Haven in 2022? Oh, I'm really excited for 2022. Uh, High Haven has so much growth potential. And I mean, we just are, you know, looking to do our expansions uh, with transportation in Illinois and a few other projects. We're also looking at a few more states, uh, East Coast and uh, potentially um, something more Southwest. Uh, so we're just really excited about the growth. We're also excited to launch our uh, our product lines and uh, and really bring some, you know, great cannabis to the market. And, um, and, and that's really it. We're excited to grow the team, you know, just in, in such a short amount of time, we've grown from just having, you know, four people at the table to now 30 some or whatever we've got, 40 some. And, and as the company continues to grow, you know, each month we're adding tens and twenties of people together to the team. So just to see that growth and see where we'll be in 2022 from, you know, an employer standpoint, just being able to do the right, right for our employees, it's going to be so fantastic. And then to see the, the, the product lines grow and to see, you know, really customers engaging with our products, connecting with what we were doing brand wise, what we stand for from a value standpoint, I'm excited to get that out to the public. I think it's a, a breath of fresh air that cannabis really needs. That's awesome. All right. So where can women find you if they want to connect or get more information? Absolutely. So uh, you heard a little bit of the work I do at IWC. You can always check uh, up on them. You can check out our websites always at highhavencannabis.com, of course. Um, send any message. Um, High Haven LLC is our Instagram handle. Uh, we're working to grow out some of our social media. So you'll have a couple more um, avenues to reach out. But LinkedIn is always a great one. Don't hesitate to reach out. I will apologize if it takes a little bit of time to, to respond back. Um, but you can always send emails too to info at highhavencannabis.com. Uh, we, you know, are always looking to get insight from anybody who's interested in hearing more about our company and for us to, you know, help anybody out that we can. Thank you so much, Maja, for your time and for sharing your journey with us today. Ladies, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't yet joined the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, go to our new membership site at weicwomen.com. There you'll find all the details on membership for women working in cannabis. You can also find us on Clubhouse as WEIC, where we host AMA rooms with investors and recruiters and monthly open mics to introduce yourself to the community. WEIC is a community that provides resources, connections, events, and content to women working in cannabis in the U.S., Canada, and around the world where there's an interest in cannabis legalization. We welcome women who are currently working in cannabis or curious about taking the leap into the industry. 
Consider becoming a WEIC woman member or WEIC business member for benefits and access across the network. And join us again for another conversation with women leading in cannabis. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.